Well, many of you know, we've kind of been walking through a situation with my dad. February 18th, 2016 was the day that literally shook us to the core. It's the day when you feel like Job, when it says, when he said, the, the thing that I feared has come upon me. And it was, it was a time when my mom and dad were at meeting at the at MD Anderson with the absolute best doctor. And they said that there's nothing else we can do with the chemo. So they were calling in hospice. There comes a time when you must come face to face with what you believe. It's a time when you dig down deep and you decide what you believe. There's no wavering. There's no going back and forth. When there's a time when you need to know what you believe, you need to know what the Word of God says. My intent is not to give an answer for why people don't get healed. How can I answer something that God Himself is not answering? Some things just have no answers. But listen, the ability to trust, the ability to trust through the, uh, the, the toughest times in spite of unanswers, uh, of not having answers, is, is the absolute highest level of devotion to God. You cannot get higher than believing through a circumstance that is about to destroy you, get to the other side no matter how that thing turns out, and say, God, I still have faith to believe whatever you want to do. You see, I, you stick, you, you get away from the whys and why nots of situations. You don't form a belief system based on experiences or testimonies. If you listen to a lot of good testimonies, you'll believe. If you listen to a lot of bad testimonies, you'll doubt. Experience changes perception. I'll give you an example. I was going on a hospital visit Thursday and I was going, it was about 3.30, and I was walking under the, uh, at Lord's and an elderly gentleman pulled up. He, in a, in a van, he got a box out. It, you know, the box was open. He had a, he had a, a note on the top. It had somebody's name on it. And he said, excuse me, sir. He was probably in his seventies. <laughs> he said, excuse me, sir. Can, would you mind taking this box on the inside to, to the, to the hospital at the front desk? I said, absolutely. I was walking in anyway, so I grabbed the box, I bring it in, I put it down on the, on the counter, I said, yeah, I'm here to deliver a package. And the lady was like, who are you with? And I said, well, I actually ran into a guy in a van, and he asked me to put this package right here. And she was like, I'm not receiving that package. And it dawned on me like, okay, I see what this looks like. So then I was going to visit someone with a heart condition. And, you know, I don't, on hospital visits, I like to go and, and get in and pray because I don't know if they're in between surgeries or bad news or whatever. So I was like, I'm going to get in. I, I need to get in here. So I'm, in my mind, I'm like, you know, I don't have time to deal with this right now. So I took the package. I brought it outside the hospital and I put it down and I walked away and I was going into the elevator and in my mind, I was like, Kelly, you just left a suspicious package <laughs> at the front of the hospital. So I'm getting in the, in the elevator, and the door's about to slam, and I hear security, security, and I'm like, oh. So I'm like, I'm going to deal with this on the way down. So I go up and pray for the individual. My mind is on, like, am I going to have a gun drawn on me when I get down? So I'm praying with fervency and believing, and I'm like, all right, well, see you later. And I'm thinking all the time, like, I wonder if they think I'm a terrorist, and I'm just kind of masking as, you know, a chaplain or something. So my mind is going through all kind of things. I get back in the elevator, I'm on the way down, and I'm like, all right, whatever happens, happens. I walk up to the front counter, and I'm like, did we get this situation settled? I wasn't in the best of moods, so I'm just going to tell you that. Give me grace. And there was a security guard there. And so I walk up and I'm like, look, I'm a pastor at a church. I was coming here to visit someone. I don't know what's going on between here and there, but I really did not have time to deal with it. And so anyway, 
the security, the security guard's like, well, let's go walk and look. See, in my mind, I'm thinking the guy pulls up to drop the, to drop the package off, and he was going park because it was raining that day. That's when we had a lot of rain. So that's why I put it on the outside, thinking when he gets down, he'll pick it up and come in. So we go. We open up the box. It's a picture, some bubble wrap, a shirt. I didn't even finish looking through the box with him. I was like, okay, man, so that worked out. Can I go now? And he was like, sure. And I leave, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, I'm wiping my nose and I'm going somewhere with that. Uh, I'm wiping my nose and I'm thinking, what if that box had anthrax on it? And I didn't even finish looking at what was in the box. So they could have had drugs in there. So on the way home, I'm checking the KTC app just to see if they say, you know, pastor drops off a mysterious package. But nothing happened. I called a friend and I was like, hey, man, I'm just curious what happens if you drop off a package? And I kind of go through the whole thing. It was like, nah, man, they wouldn't have let you leave by now. So I was like, well, praise God. <laughs> I said all that to say experience changes perception. Fifteen years ago, that'd be nothing. You know, you're just doing a nice deed for someone. But because of experience, it changes the perception of things. At the same time, when we experience things that don't pan out like we expect, we should not lose all hope. I'm fully aware that in this room, there are many people that have prayed things and it has not turned out like you expected it. I am one of those. And on top of that, you may have prayed with all of your heart believing, and yet you saw, you did not see the outcome that you expected. I want to quickly share with you four things, and these are really quick. They're not even part of the points. I just want to say, this message may not be in the perfect form. Please give me grace in that. I'm just walking this out as the Lord gives it to me, and I'm just throwing up on you. I'm preaching this to myself, okay? Number one, isolate your experience and line it up with the Word of God. See, people experience things all the time. I seen my dead uncle. He was sitting on a rabbit cage outside my house. So therefore, you can communicate with the dead. Well, the Bible calls that a familiar spirit. That's not your dead uncle. He's either in heaven or in hell. So you don't take that experience and now go off and believe that you are talking to your relatives. Okay? So I'm using that as an example. That's an extreme example, but it's an example nonetheless. Number two, take it case by case and renew your faith for each battle. Case by case and renew your faith for each battle. Number three, trust God who never fails, no matter if we deem it as failure. You see, we may look at it as, oh, God failed me, but God cannot fail. He's perfect. He's working everything out for his, good, for his glory and for our good. We may deem it as a failure. We say, well, God, you didn't come through here. But I would never lay a charge like that on God. God is perfect. Everything he does is absolutely perfect. He never makes a mistake. And number four, keep trusting in his word. When I talk about take it as a case-to-case -case basis, looking at miscarriages, we've had six. We don't have any children, uh, Shannon and I, together. I would go through these battles, and I would say, okay, the first miscarriage, I would take that into the second miscarriage. Instead of saying, okay, God, maybe you're doing something different. My mom and dad had two, then they had me. I was supposed to be severely deformed, only 3% chance that I would be normal, despite what others may say I am normal. <laughs> but then they had miscarriages after that. So I said that to say that I, didn't, I wouldn't take it into the next one. I would say this is a new battle. I'm renewing my faith to stand on God's word, to believe. And needless to say, it did not happen. Now, that caused my faith to grow. I don't, I, I don't understand why. I can't explain it to you. But take it as this. God rained manna down from heaven three times a day for 40 years. That's a fresh, that's a fresh word. God would rain down manna. And if they ate any from the day before or the day after, it would have worms. My, my, what I'm telling you is don't take your experience into a fresh situation because all you will have is worms. And do that in every area of your life, in relationships, each job, 
each task that you come across. In raising kids, don't take one problem that you're having with a child and automatically put it on the next. Right? Just assume that that's going to happen. Many times, parents will parent their child, and I know having a teenager, parent a child with, with Shannon, as Dylan is Shannon's son that I came into the picture when he was 10. I've raised him like he's my own. It's like he's my own. So I raised him along with Shannon, but many times I would put things on him that I did, and all I'm doing is smothering him and recreating myself in him. So don't smother your kids with your experiences. Kind of kind of just, just watch over them, discipline them, all of those things, but don't automatically assume they're going to do what you did. So the final analysis in what I was talking about, I was praying with God uh, two Sundays ago, and he spoke to me. I was, I was praying, and I was asking the Lord just all about these things. I was just really plowing in in prayer. And the Lord told me, all you can do is lean on my word. That's it. Listen, I pray for the miraculous not because I see the miraculous, but because I believe the miraculous. And the believing will cause the seeing. The believing will cause the seeing. You see, we always talk about the resurrection power of God. The resurrection power of God will cause you, your faith, to rise up in a dead situation. It will cause you to rise up. I, you know, he, he, he causes you to rise up in situations that seem dead. You see, faith ends in the sight of what we receive. When, when you finally get the prayer to that, that answer to that prayer, faith ends. Now you've, you've got it. Faith is the journey in the process. See, we've gotten passive because of what has not happened. Instead of fueling our faith of what could happen. See, each disappointment needs to be a log that you put when the fire falls. Each disappointment that you go through should not push you further back. It should thrust you further forward. It's a testing of your faith. It's being backed against the wall and with everything you have, pushing against that wall and going forward. See, true faith is still believing no matter the outcome. And it's not getting derailed, but it's trusting in God and what he's doing. You see, you can't get derailed either way. If you, if, if you pray for someone to get healed and they, and they recover, you can get derailed in pride. But if you pray for someone and nothing happens, you can get derailed in disappointment. Our part is just to believe. If you hold on in the midst of disappointment, you will reap in the time of harvest for the miraculous. The Bible says we should not grow weary in doing what is right, for in due time you will reap a harvest. To the degree that you suffer will be the degree that you will see God's power. I believe that. I believe that with all my heart. Now, when you're going through the fire, what do you do? Do you rise up in faith? Because some people will say, oh, Shad, look how they're coping. They just have to tell themselves that. Listen, and hear me well, in the most desperate times, in the most hopeless situation, that is where your expectation should be the greatest. I want to say that again. In the most desperate, hopeless situation, it is where our greatest expectation should lie. Why? God thrives in impossible situations. He shines brightest in the darkest of night. He shows up when there's a sea in front of you and an army behind you. He showed up when Peter was drowning. He showed up for the, the Daniel when the lions were the most hungry. He showed up in the midnight hour with Paul and Silas. In the furnace, the fiery furnace, he was waiting on the three Hebrew boys. And he did this in the hopeless situation. Not before they, he, they, they got into the fire. He was already in there with them. This is where we should be most alert. This is where you push your belief system forward. Or do you stay paralyzed with fear, worry, or doubt? Listen, extending your faith to believe for the miraculous is a giant risk. But the reward far out, 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 
conquers the risk. Here's the decision. Do I rise up in faith and believe, even though this wave may take me way beyond what I'm used to, or am I too worried about dashing against the rocks of of failure? God just calls us to believe. That's it. When you read the Bible, there's so many times that Jesus says, just believe, only believe. Now, I can't explain why things don't turn out. I can't. But God expects us to believe. He expects us to push through. I believe after six miscarriages that a child is still able to come. I I still believe that. I still believe after 10 years of my dad battling cancer, healing is still available. Jesus could roll away the stone of broken dreams and disappointment and resurrect your Lazarus. You need to believe that. We're in a, we're in a season of weariness. People are scared to pray. They're scared to lay hands on the sick. Rise up out of that situation. We are the hope for the world because Jesus Christ lives on the inside of us. I choose to believe nothing shall be impossible to them that believe. These fires and disappointments is what causes your faith to grow, not because you always see positive outcomes. I want to share a verse with you in Hebrews 4, verse 2. For indeed, we have good news preached to us, just as they also. But the word they heard did not profit them because it was not united by faith and those who heard. The key is applying faith to the word that you hear. The reason you didn't get saved sooner is because you did not apply faith to the word that you read or was preached to you. You see, the Bible says in 1 Timothy 2.3, this is good and pleasing in the sight of God, our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. So God's desire is his will. So by faith, we respond. And without faith, we don't receive the, receive the promise of God. In 2 Peter 3.9, it says, God is willing that no man should perish. So if you ask, God, is it, is it, so, is it your will for so-and-so to be saved? God would say what? Yes. It's his strong desire. He says that he wished no man should perish. He desired that no man should perish. So if God desires it, why, why would it not come to pass? Because people have to surrender their will. If you're asking for God, is, is it God's will, God, is it your will for so-and-so to be saved? You know what God's going to tell you? Yes, now go. Go talk to them. Ezekiel twenty-two thirty. And I sought for a man among them who should build up the wall and stand in the breach before me for the land that I should not destroy it, but I found no one. What if God is waiting for one person to join with him? partnering with him in prayer for a situation going on in your life. Just what if? When you, it only takes you and God in any circumstance that you're praying for. In any, it does not matter what it is. It's just you and God. Now listen, testimonies can be encouraging or discouraging. You know, if you come to me and, and you ask me to pray for you to have a child and you, you haven't had kids, you may, you may think, you know, well, I don't know if I want to go to him because he, it didn't work for him. But no, it pushes me to a greater level of faith to believe for you. Is that what happens in your life when you deal with a situation? It should empower you. It should give you compassion to want to alleviate that in someone else's uh, life. Should I believe that miscarriages is the norm? Even though it may be my norm, I shouldn't believe that it is the norm. Should I say, yeah, I'll pray for you, but you got to know, I mean, six times. No, our barrenness should fuel our faith to believe. Just like it fuels my faith to continue believing in my circumstance, it should fuel my faith to believe in your circumstance. See, God doesn't call us to believe the normal. He calls us to believe the miraculous. As powerful as God is, he cannot answer a prayer until it's prayed. 
So we go with God. We, God, we, we, we just assume it's laziness is what it is. We say, well, God knows my needs, so therefore he's just going to be supreme and, and, and do what he does. No, he wants us to engage with him. He wants us to call on to him and show him great, and he will show us great and mighty things that we do not know. Psalm 77, 14, you are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the people. Job 5, 9, he performs wonders that cannot be fathomed, miracles that cannot be counted. Do you believe that? That's what I'm saying. You got to just say, okay, I believe it. The believing causes the seeing. Do you want me to pray? And if it be thy will prayer, you're, you're, you're struggling with the need. Now, oh, Father, if it be thy will. No, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. But God calls me to believe with you. God calls you to believe with someone. You know, if you look at the woman with the issue of blood, she came with faith to believe and she received. She didn't say, oh, Lord, if it be thy will. No, she believed. See, people, when they come to Jesus in desperation, it changes things. When you're in a situation, when you're desperate, you will push through. You will keep going. Now, you may see a co-worker and you don't really care much about the co-worker and you just say, I'm going to pray for your brother and walk away. I, that's not good. We're, the, we're supposed to be the, the people of the Lord compassionate. Jesus came across people and he was always compassionate. That's what we need to be. But when it's you, just like a doctor, a doctor, if it's they're treating their own child, you want that doctor to treat you as if they were treating their own child. Not say, oh, well, you know, it's five o'clock. I'm really ready to go watch the game. You see what I'm saying? So you got to push forward in the name of Jesus, in the compassion of Jesus, and in the power of Jesus. The Bible says to come boldly to the throne of grace during our time of need. Can you hear Jesus and blind Bartimaeus in Mark 10, 51 and 52? What do you want me to do for you, Jesus asked him. And the blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Jesus said, your faith has healed you. See, we as brothers and sisters are so experience-driven that because it didn't work out like we expected in our life, we will say things like, I hear you, brother, but when I prayed about that, it didn't turn out, right? Isn't that the most discouraging thing when you go to someone that didn't experience something and they just try to, hey, you know, prepare yourself? Listen, I can do that without your help, right? This is how you respond. I hear you, one time that happened. But one time there was a leper, right? One time there was a lady who was bleeding. One time there was this dead man, remember? And Jesus raised him. One time there was this man with a legion of demons. One time there was this little girl that had been dead. One time there was this lady with a barrel of meal during the time of a famine. One time there was a prophet who was fed by a raven. One time there was this boy who would throw himself into the fire. One time there was a funeral. When Jesus showed up, he crashed it. And one time there was this issue of death, but that got defeated by our water-walking Savior who used that, prob used that water as a sidewalk to deliver. So see, you can choose to believe this one time this happened, or you can look at what the Bible says and pull out that testimony. It's what you choose to listen to. See, we don't base our view of something on what we see or what we hear. Healing doesn't take prominence in many churches today because people are afraid to pray. They're afraid to let someone down. Listen, Jesus gave us a charge to lay hands on the sick and expect them to recover. We should not be shaken by defeat or shrink back in this war for sick bodies. Right? I mean, I'm talking to the church of the living God. The Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. 
I don't know if you catch that. The power of the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you and me. God said that I can do above and beyond what you can think or ask. You see, can death happen? Absolutely. Will it happen? Yes. But God doesn't call us to declare death. He calls us to declare life. He doesn't call us to narrate the obvious. He calls us to stand in what is impossible. I hope you're getting this. It's all in me. (laughs) I don't know if I'm portraying this right or not. Listen, the kingdom of God is unseen. You have given everything of your life to follow a Jesus that you cannot see. But you have given up everything to follow him. Just like the kingdom of God, you can't see some things, but you gave up everything to be in the kingdom of God. So why can we not expect the benefits of the kingdom of God to operate in our lives? The same cross that testifies of salvation testifies of our healing, of our infirmities. See, we should not lower the work of the cross to our experience. Or form a theology of if it be thy will. Instead, we preach and teach the word to get your expectation up to the word of God. That's how we need to view this thing. Now, there, there is a balance not to get crazy. <laughs> I will say that. You know, like, man, my stomach hurts. Oh, brother, don't claim that. Right? You might have said that before. The woman with the issue of blood. I'm not going to claim this. Or blind Bartimaeus comes to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? I don't know. I'm just standing here. I can see. <laughs> then Jesus would have said, then, then go your way. Deny, not denying. You don't deny the problem. It's there. It's there. Don't take faith to believe the sickness. That's, that's there. It's, that's what it is. It takes faith. To believe in the solution for it. Mark eleven twenty three and 24. I tell you the truth. If anyone says to this mountain. Go throw yourself into the sea. And does not doubt in his heart. But believes what he says. It will happen. Therefore I, I tell you. Whatever, whatever you ask for in prayer. Believe that you have received. And it will be yours. Now I know you're thinking like. You know how many things I've prayed. But you, going back to experience. Isolate that experience. Go back to the word of God. You don't know what God was doing in that experience. That's why you can't take everything by experience. You go to the word of God. Look at the leper who asked Jesus, Jesus, if it be thy will, can you hear me? Heal me. Jesus said, I'm willing. Never in scripture do you see Jesus say, nah, I'm not doing that. You don't. But obviously, people die of sickness. Obviously, people died in Jerusalem, Nazareth, Bethlehem, while Jesus was walking amongst amongst them. That's a fact. That happened. My point is, don't camp out in the unanswered. Camp out in the word of God and his will and power. Psalms 138, verse 2, for you have exalted above all things your name and your word. So what does this look like? Acts 10, 38, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And Jesus sends us out to do the same. Our mission is Jesus' mission. John 14, 12 through 14. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I'm going to my Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. See, the word of God is his will. What's the will of God for your life? Read the Bible, apply it by faith. And then you let God sort it out. You see what I'm saying? It's You have to choose what to believe. That's my point. You may not be able to determine the outcome, but you can go into it knowing what you believe. How many bosses they have here tonight? No? Okay. Well, you may work for a boss. <laughs> I'm sure you do. It'd be anarchy if not. But if your boss tells you, this is what I want you to do, the last thing you want to tell your boss is all the reasons why it can't be done. 
You just go out and make it happen with the provisions that he gives you. That's simply how you do it. Now, let me ask you this. If you had a child that was sick, are you going to go for the hope so guy for prayer? Or are you going to go to the one with authority and faith? Regardless, listen, regardless of how this turns out, which one are you going to go to? That's the point. You be that guy or girl, the one that believes, the one that is standing, the one that's expecting. The fact remains, not all get healed here, but the ultimate healing is in the presence of God. So God promises healing to all his children. That's a fact. You may get healed here or you'll get healed here there. But what do you, how do you engage in the fight here? The Bible says in Proverbs 4.20, says, My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Let them keep, keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Now, notice God says, attend his word. But the question is, how? How do you attend his word? In a terminal situation. Well, number one, there must be an attentive ear. That's what it's saying. There must be an attentive ear. Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It doesn't come by seeing someone's experience. It comes by the word of God. So this is what it looks like. Yes, I see the diagnosis. Yes, I see what is going on in my body. It's like when my, my, my dad, when they told him that, he said, well, I'm going to talk to Jesus about this. I'm going to talk to Jesus. I hear what you're saying, and I appreciate that you are the best in your field. But I'm going to talk to the great physician. That's belief. That's, that, that's, that's what's down on the inside of you. Listen, a natural diagnosis takes no belief whatsoever. You give time, the symptoms will show up. You ask any doctor, when a disease gets beyond medical attention, that's it. But when it gets beyond medical attention, all that is left is the supernatural. I don't know if we believe in the supernatural anymore. But I'm telling you, my God is able to do above and beyond what we can think or ask. In this season of weariness and not seeing things, hold on with faith because God Almighty is going to show up in your situation and you never know when it's going to be when you push through that faith. When you're in the fiery furnace, you can expect to be sitting right next to Jesus. The point is, you need to declare that in your own life. See, we're God's agents on this earth. And if we're laxed and not knowing what we believe, how are we going to help anybody? We're not. We're not going to help anybody. We're going to say, oh, brother, um, I'm so sorry to hear that. No, God calls us to rise up. Rise up. But this is what we're doing. We're seeing this. We're seeing that. And we're saying, oh, man. No. Look at the word of God. So when it gets beyond medical attention, go to what cured the curse. And it's the cross. That is where our faith and sight should rest. This Bible has everything to say about any problem that you're going through. That is what you look at. That is what you meditate on. That's what you stand on. That is what you believe. That's what you sink your teeth into. If you look at a farmer, he plants a seed. He don't go dig it up to make sure it's growing. If he does, he'll ruin it. With God's word is an incorruptible seed. So just plant it. Sow tears on it. And let the son of God shine on it. And wait to see what God does. That's how you believe in every situation you come across. Listen, it's time to stop whining about our situation. And stand up and believe for our situation. You know, don't say God don't heal. Unless you done prayed for at least 200 people. Really, think about it. I prayed for one person, man, they didn't get healed. They were still, they had still had a sinus infection the Monday after Sunday. Well, keep praying. Keep believing. Not narrate the obvious. Yes, it's there. Listen, you have faith. 
for the miracle, faith for the healing, but you trust God for the outcome. Once again, apply faith to what you hear. Mark 9.23, all things are possible for the one who believes. What are you dealing with tonight? That fits into the all category. And I don't care if it's the worst thing. I don't care if you're looking at death in the eye. Nothing shall be impossible to them that believe. I don't care if your kid is strung out on drugs with a needle in his vein. Nothing shall be impossible to them that believe. I don't care if you're on the verge of financial ruin. Nothing shall be impossible to them that believe. You got to believe that. You got to stand on it. You know what it does? It helps you cope. It helps you deal. It helps you reach out to something when everything seems to be slipping away from you. Matthew 21, 19 through 22. And seeing a fig tree by the wayside, he went to it and found nothing on its but only leaves. And he said to it, may no fruit ever come from you again. And the fig tree withered at once. When the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, how did the fig tree wither at once? And Jesus answered and said, truly, I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what has been done to the fig tree, but even if you say to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, it will happen. And whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. Once again, you may take experience and put it in there. I don't know what the situation is and why God did what he did. I don't know, but don't look at the unknown, look at the word of God. That's what will keep you believing and moving forward. You see, you can apply this to any mountain in your life. Because we function under the authority of Jesus Christ. Cancer is a mountain, financial struggles is a mountain, relational problems is a mountain. Anything that is hindering you is a mountain. And the Bible says to speak to the mountain. Be thou removed. When sickness, I curse cancer in Jesus' name. I command you to stop growing. That's what you believe. That's what you declare. And you let God sort out the rest. He's in management. I'm in sales. That's what you do. (laughs) I know you probably think this dude is crazy. No, I believe. I believe. Do you believe? It's time to believe. It's time to believe. It's time to move forward. No matter what you see, no matter what the outcome is, if it falls apart, you move to the next thing and you go at it with faith and you keep believing. That's how you will see the mighty moving and operation of the Holy Spirit. What if we are the move of God? Right? We're waiting for God to pour out his spirit. What if we're not receptive? What if we're saying, well, this experience, man, I don't, I don't know. I haven't been experiencing anything. That's why it's an outpouring. Be receptive. Are you thirsty enough? Are you dry enough? Are you desperate enough? Are you spending time in prayer? Are you reading his word? Are you going through life saying, oh, well, whatever happens, happens? Because the devil ain't doing that. His demons ain't doing that. He's full force. Listen, when I pray for something and it doesn't work out, it causes this enraging fire to believe differently. When I see, I'm telling you, I'm not telling you I've seen all kind of stuff. I'm telling you, I will, because I choose to believe in spite of what I see. And I'm telling you, one day you will see the miraculous power of God as you have never seen it before, because God always saves the best for last. The Bible says in James 5, 16, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Effectual and fervent is where we get the word energy. Energy is defined as strength and vitality, and it's required for physical or mental activity. In other words, energetic, passionate, heartfelt prayer will produce results. It will. Seeing someone suffer 
should birth compassion in you. When compassion showed up with Jesus, he walked in compassion. He did miraculous things. Easily. He just spoke to, you saw he spoke to a tree and it died. Go do that. You can do that. He said you could do that and more. (laughs) I know y'all think I'm crazy. I might be, seriously. (laughs) I might might be. Listen, I want to get you to understand, to believe. I wish you could just, I could open myself up and you'd be like, wow. That dude's on fire. Because inside, I'm believing. I'm believing, and I don't know if it's coming across. Listen, when someone receives a terminal diagnosis and they share it with believers or they share it with a church, what they're saying is, I need you to stand with me and go all out in war against this diagnosis. Not say, Lord, I pray that you would give my brother this strength to endure this thorn in the flesh. Oh, Lord, I just pray right now that that you would hear thy prayer and heal so-and-so if it be thy will. I'm done with if it be thy will prayers. I really am. I'm done with it. That births or comes from doubt and unbelief. Let's call it what it is. We already know that there's a possible outcome. God calls us to believe for the miraculous. That's why I'm saying you have to choose what you choose to believe. That's where you will see the power of God. And I'm not saying it happens every time. I'm just saying if you could develop a mentality to believe God for the, I believe God is saying, ask big. Ask me for the big things. Jesus said, I have given you all authority over all the power of the, of the enemy. He has given us his name. He has given us his blood. He has given us the power of the Holy Spirit. I believe God may be waiting on us. I really believe God may be waiting on us. Imagine a marriage. If the husband and wife are on on outs and the husband says, well, Lord, if it be thy will, this marriage will work out. That wouldn't be good. You're, You're starting out. If it be thy will, get involved and do everything in your power to make your marriage work. Don't don't say, well, I just fell out of love. Too bad you didn't marry for love. You married for commitment. All right, I'm moving on. (laughs) Listen, the Bible says, ask, seek, knock, right? It's knocking, it will be opened up to you no matter what you see. See, I'm telling you this. We need to come out of weariness and sleeping and faithlessness. Listen, I know that there was a view way back in the day of naming and claiming and all that stuff. But I'm not going to back up from the power of God because it has been abused in the past. We don't do that. We, We believe the word of God. Listen, people are counting on us to rise up in their situations and circumstances. The last thing they need is a weak spaghetti spine Christian saying, oh, brother, we'll just lift you up in prayer. No. Say, well, let's pray. Lay hands on him and rebuke sickness, rebuke circumstances, speak God's power over that situation and continue to do that. I pray for my dad every morning and every night. Sometimes he's like, I'm good. I'm like, we go pray anyway. Because that's effective and fervent prayer. See, we need to be the first line of defense and the last line of defense. You see, my my dad and I were talking, and he said, Kelly, the last thing I'm going to show you if the Lord takes me home is how to die a Christian man. Jesus paid the penalty of death. But I told my dad, I said, well, dad, death is going to have to cross over me to get to you. Cross over my mom in prayer, through prayer. Now, obviously, I cannot defeat death. Christ has done that. But I could intercede and hold on. And if he passes away, I can pray for him to be raised from the dead. I know you think I'm crazy now. 
But Jesus said we could do that. Now, you may not believe that. I understand. I'll give you time because you may see that in the future. It's time to believe. We're the church. We serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You know, that used to mean something in the Old Testament. When you said Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the Canaanites and all, I was like, oh. Demons would run at Jesus and try to negotiate. Now they'll come sit next to you in church. There's a disconnect somewhere, and I think it's in our beliefs. I think it's in the weariness of what we're seeing or not seeing. I have so much more to say. Listen, the cross is the reason we can expect a miracle. If you think about that. Psalms 103, verses 2 and 3. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Forget not all of his benefits, who forgives all of your iniquity. How much of your iniquity? All of your iniquity. And heals all of your diseases. All of your diseases. Right? Is that cancer? Is that AIDS? Yes. I believe God can heal AIDS. I don't think God's scared of AIDS. God can heal leprosy. God can heal barrenness. God can heal not head children. He can. He can, he did to me. <laughs> I was a not head. Believe me. You can ask them. Romans 4, 19 through 24. I want you to see this. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was good as dead. He's talking about Abraham. Or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. In other words, he saw the symptoms. Right? He saw the symptoms. He says in verse 20, No distrust made him waver concerning the promises of God. But he grew strong in his faith and he gave glory to God. Fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. That that is why, that, that is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness. But the words it was counted to him were not written for his sake alone, but for ours also. What if it is as easy as just believing and not trying to figure it out? That's what we do. We try to figure it out. We, we compare stories, right? We do that. And I'm not saying that that's not going to continue to happen, but don't camp out on the negative. Don't camp out on what didn't happen. Camp out. If you want to listen to a testimony, listen to the testimony of the Word of God. Listen, the Bible says, when two agree touching anything on earth, it'll be done by my Father in heaven. You look at symptoms. My dad's been walking with a cane. I see symptoms. But I still, you know, I was like, Dad, you want to go through the football? He was like, I, I can't. You know what that does? It makes me want to rise up in faith and believe harder. Right? I went another day and I just went lay on his chest while he was sitting down and just prayed. Because I'm still a little boy. Who loves his dad. So I see symptoms. I'm not aware. Not unaware of symptoms. But I see the cross. I see the healing power of Jesus. Over all of that. So yeah. I see that. But I see the cross. And I have to look through that. To see the symptoms. I want to challenge you. Church. You're the church. You're the Bible-believing church. The book of Acts has not ended. We're still in the book of Acts. You have faith. And it's not about the gift of healing. Listen, the Bible says that Jesus could do no mighty miracles in Nazareth, but miracles is not necessarily healing because the Bible says that he healed a few sick people. But I, don't, I, I took the profile and I don't have the gift of healing. You may not have the gift of healing, but you got a mandate from Jesus Christ himself to say to lay hands on the sick and expect them to recover. Jesus healed because of 
other people's faith, not even the person. You, you, may, you may be praying for someone that has no faith to believe. Jesus could heal because of your faith. That's what I'm trying to tell you. The only thing you can do is worry about how you believe. Right? They're looking to you. People that are in the world that you work with, they're looking to you. They come to you. Can you pray for me? Man, I never prayed for the sick. Step out in faith. Lord, in Jesus' name, I curse this sickness like you cursed the fig tree. God, I'm giving you all the faith I have. I just pray that you act upon it. Right? It's simple. It's childlike faith. You tell a kid that you're going to Disney World. The kid don't say, well, Dad, the all feels kind of bad right now. You sure we can afford that? Or, man, gas is, I know it's kind of going down, but you got a diesel truck, man. You sure that diesel is not going to be too expensive? I mean, the room's got to be high, right? I mean, no, they just believe. Kids are so inspiring because that's why Jesus says, come like a little child. <laughs> All right, we need to close it up. Listen, I'm gonna, I want to close with two things. When we look at things in the, in, in the supernatural, it doesn't fit with our natural senses. You see something, it looks as, it, as if it looks. You hear something, it hears as if it sounds, right? You see somebody who's obviously dealing with sickness, and that could discourage you. But the kingdom of God is not about our senses. I'm going to give you an example. I believe in the rapture of the church, right? You believe in the rap, because I'm telling you, the trump could sound before we finish this service. <laughs> I love the rapture. But listen, seriously, when Jesus appears, it's going to be the most glorious thing you have ever seen. You know how bright that's going to be? That would destroy your eyes. That trumpet blast will blow your eardrums. Every Christian on the face of the earth, including the dead bodies in the grave, will hear that. That would destroy your ears. Have you ever floated through, through the, the, the sky? Have you? Let me see your hand. I'm just curious. It's impossible, right? Do you believe it? But you hadn't seen it. Now, let me take it a step further. You're going to leave this earth and go into space through the atmosphere where you will disintegrate. Do you believe? Well, how is that possible if you hadn't seen it? The point is, the Bible says it, that's what you believe. And the Bible says to believe without any doubting. Now, it's, believe me, it's easy to doubt. Push through the doubt. Stand and believe. It's easy to doubt. Don't think, you know... That God's like, oh, you doubted for five minutes. You think God's like trying to get out of answering prayer? He says, call on me. I will show you great and mighty things. You see, I think personally that God may be a little offended of how we view him. I think all of the angels in heaven are like, God, they have no clue. They have no clue. God is saying, ask Big. I believe when we begin to pray and intercede and ask God that he slides to the edge of his throne and says, now listen to this. Look at what they're asking me to do. Get down there and do it. I believe that's what God, God likes to, let me see how I say this without sounding bad. I think God may like to show off a little bit. I think God likes to show his power every once in a while. I think that. How many of you in here have ever experienced a miracle? Let me just see your hands. That's quite a bit of hands, believe it or not. So you think God can do that again? We should expect that of God. That's what we should expect. That should be our norm. But we got to push through weariness. That's, I believe that's the biggest thing facing us right now is weariness. We're getting worn out. We're getting weary. You know, when the second thing I wanted to show you in closing, and remember, I told you two things, then I was closing. All right. Bomb. 
Mark 16, 15 through 18. Listen, the Bible says go into all the world, proclaim the gospel, right? Whoever believes and baptized will be saved. Whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Right? We all believe that. We see that every so often. Baptismal tank. Right? We see that. We see people speaking in tongues. Some people get freaked out over it, but it's the power of God. (laughs) Now listen, take evangelism. God has called you to evangelize. You go evangelize a hundred people, no one responds. Is it God's will to save the lost? Yes. So don't view things, but that's easy. I go tell somebody about the Lord. I see a transformation, right? I see them get baptized. That's normal. We're used to that. We shall cast out demons, right? Some of us have no problem with demons. We'll let them come in the house by what we watch and what we listen to. And pull up a chair or sleep in the attic. I don't think they got that, Brandon. But listen to me. When we get to this point where we believe, laying hands on the sick is in the same thing that we see all the time. We see people getting saved. We see people getting baptized. If you come, I think it's like twice a month when we handle snakes and drink Kool-Aid. I'm just picking. There is a reason for that. I don't have time to get into why that is there, but trust me, God knows what he's talking about. So let's stand. We're going to close up the service. This is what I want to do for this altar call. If you know somebody who is dealing with sickness, I just want to raise your hand if you're dealing with any type of sickness whatsoever. And if you see that person and and if if you have someone in your family that is dealing with sickness, I want you to raise your hand. Okay, that's probably everybody. As much as you can. Come and lay hands on, the, on each other. Just grab the hand of the person next to you. I want to pray the prayer of faith. Okay? There's no use talking about this and then not doing it. Right? I know you're thinking this is awkward. But listen, this is community. And I'm going to pray. And I just simply want you to believe for every, everybody in your family, for what you're going through. And I'm telling you, just believe. Let's just believe, okay? Let's not, let's take all experience, let's take symptoms, let's take pain, all what you're going through and just lay that aside and simply believe. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you right now in the authority of your name that is above every name, above every sickness, above above every trouble that is facing your church today, God. Father, for families right now, Lord, we curse sickness. We curse cancer in Jesus' name. We curse it at the root. We command it to dry up and to go away of of, of any healing, heart disease, diabetes, any sickness whatsoever. We speak to that sickness and we say, be thou removed by faith. Father, we put our faith and trust in your abilities, God. Father, we extend our faith and we simply ask that you would move on behalf of our request. Your word says that by your stripes, we are healed. Your word says when two agree, touch anything on earth, it'll be done by you in heaven. Father, we just simply ask that you would perform your word that we declare right now by faith. By faith. Lord, your word says to believe that you have received and it will be done unto you. Father, our desire is to see your power and to see the love of your people and faith rise up on the inside of them, God, to do your mighty exploits. Father, we know that you are pleased with our faith. You are pleased with what it it is that we're asking. Lord, you said whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So, Father, we bind sickness, we bind trouble, we, we, we bind mental instability, we bind financial trouble, we bind right, relational trouble, and, Father, we loose your spirit by faith to move out and, and begin to work on your people from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. Father, we declare healing. We declare healing right now. Come on, do you believe that? We declare healing 
by your power, by your might. God, we honor you. You are a great and mighty God. You are the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And we speak that to sickness right now. We, we serve at the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob right now. In Jesus' name, we speak to any manner of infirmity right now in Jesus' name. We curse infirmity. We bind the spirit of infirmity. We cast you to the pit right now in Jesus' name. And Father, we just thank you right now. I thank you right now for your power and your might. Pour it out on your people, God, in Jesus' name. I pray and ask, and the church said, amen and amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Woo. All right. If you need prayer for anything, we will be up here. God bless you. Good night.